Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Throwback Thursday. Uh, as usual, our uh, we have new content goes out every Monday morning on Shop Talk. That's 6 a.m. your local time. So please subscribe and share the podcast with anybody um, that you think might enjoy it or benefit from it. Um, that said, also just wanted to give a quick shout out to those of you that have left us five-star reviews, uh, or as John would say, wicked good five-star reviews. We really appreciate those. Um, and if you haven't done that yet, if uh, you want to take the you know, 15 to 65 seconds that it takes to leave us a good review, we would really appreciate it. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye, everybody. Hey, John. Chris. I am super excited about this episode of Shop Talk, but before we get into it, I know there's something we have to ask the listeners for. You know, first, I want to say thank you to all the folks who have written us five-star reviews. It means a lot to us. It's been amazing. Thank you for that. The great thing about five-star reviews is it helps other people find us because, let's be honest, who wants to listen to a two-and-a-half-star review? Absolutely, and thank you so much as well. Yeah, we love that. Um, if you also want to share this podcast to your Instagram stories, that's awesome. We'll do the same for you. So if you could do that for us, that'd be great. So five-star review. We keep good reviews for you Northerners. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shop Talk Podcast brought to you by 124 Gome, your co-host, Chris Suleme. And as usual, I'm sitting here with my great friend, Mr. John Palmeria. We uh, are super excited this morning. And we talk often about, you know, the hair school that's inside of our network that the guy that we work for uh, owns and um, and runs. And, and this is a group of people that we're super connected to, we care a lot about, we get to spend a little bit of time with, but uh, today we're doing something a little different. We're sitting here inside of the Kuhn Academy by 124, so welcome everybody. That was awesome. That was awesome. Um, And uh, we're going to do a little bit of back and forth interview with a couple of students that go to the school here. And Mm so uh, this morning we're here with Stefano, who is a student. Uh, What, what, what? What level, like, where are you at in your school journey uh, right now? Junior phase right now. You're in your junior phase, which yeah. means how long have you been in school? Five months. Five months. And so how much longer do you have to go? A long way. Awesome. <laughs> How's the experience been so far? The first two months were extremely stressful. Because, uh-huh. like, I've never played with hair, or even mine, like, put hair gel until, like, started uh-huh. school here. Awesome. Uh, and now? Now I'm a lot more confident Set with on. a lot of, yeah. That's awesome. And we're here with Georgie. Hello. And Georgie, what phase are you in? Super. Well, actually, I guess I'm like super, super senior. I just finished my super senior phase and I graduate next month. I love that they've added a super, super senior. Why don't we just call it Wicked Super? I feel super official now. It should be called Wicked Super Senior. Wicked Super Senior. Okay. So what does a Wicked Super Senior do? Mm -hmm. Um, Now I'm on the floor five days a week, uh, taking clients every day finishing up any last credits, and then getting ready to go out into the real world. Awesome. And how's the experience been for you so far? Like, what are you enjoying about it? Um, Did you have any struggles in the beginning? Yeah. I would say I struggled with kind of, like, understanding, like, there is a reason for why you do everything, like, how everything works. It's not just throwing things together. Like, things don't just magically happen with hair. 
So just understanding the why and the steps behind everything for me. But then it all came together the longer you're here. But that freshman phase, mm, it will get you. Yeah. At yeah, first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought I was just coming to school. I was going to get to play with hair. Yeah, we, don't we all? Know, we're learning anatomy. Right. Yeah. What's that bone in the center back of the head? Occipital. Boom. I love it. Yeah. Um, so while there's a zillion ways we can take this conversation, John, I know you kind of have a little bit of a plan for what we're going to be doing this morning. <laughs> um, so why don't you take us out? Um, my plan is I always like to start our podcast with why people got into this industry because I think that that's always kind of a unifying factor. So let's talk about that a little bit. And then, you know, we're going to dive right into your questions. I We had asked that you guys put together a, a list of questions or some thoughts that you had on things you wanted to know about the industry. I think that one of the things we want to do today is maybe give um, salon owners uh, insight into what people are looking for, what's going to happen when you graduate. And, of course, you know, you guys probably have questions for us and for the industry as a whole, and we'll do our best to answer those as well. Um, so, Georgie, um, let's start with you. Why hairdressing? What are you doing? Oh, wow. I didn't want to be the one to start this <laughs> Um Well, being a northerner, we always ask ladies first. So yeah. that's why you got that's to go. True. Is that what that is? That's what that is. Okay. Um, <laughs> be to totally honest, yeah. I went to college before I came here. Mm -hmm. Was not loving what I was doing. I was in school for chemistry. Mm -hmm. Why? I thought that was a good idea. Don't know. Mm -hmm. But now um, I had done a couple cosmetic things. I did like eyelash extensions before I came here, which is not the same as doing hair at all. But it opened me up into like the beauty side of things, like making people feel better and the little tedious things that like put people together and like things that I enjoy doing. So I was I actually went to the salons that um, the Genesis salon, Kristen Briley mm -hmm. has done my hair for like three years now. And Every time I was in there, I was like, I want to be behind the chair. Like, mm -hmm. This w seems way cooler than sitting in the chair getting my hair done. Mm -hmm. Toured the school one time, was sold on it. I'm like, I love it here. These people are cool. Everyone's cool around here. Mm -hmm. I think I could do hair. Did I know anything at all? No, nothing. <laughs> but it didn't take long for me to learn, and I'm like obsessed with it now. want to keep learning what I can, grow and everything. So that's where I am with everything now. Awesome. Thanks for that. I love that. Hair the hairdressing life is a really fun life mm -hmm. you know once you get past the the sweating like oh my god is this really brassy is she you know like <laughs> once you get past that part mm -hmm. yeah it really is a really fun life and it's cool that you were able to see that from sitting in the chair and looking yeah at, I, I think well i hate getting my hair done i'm mm -hmm. like oh my gosh this is like the one day like everyone else is like loving that that's like right. the one day ever however long they want to do it and i'm like please no oh, that's awesome you're putting <laughs> any of your uh previous chemistry experience to work yet um, yeah, maybe a little bit, but it does not add up like I thought it would at all. Yeah. Stefano, tell us about you. Why hairdressing? <sighs> Actually, I just randomly woke up one morning, decided not to go to work, and was like, I need another creative outlet. Mm -hmm. And just looked into hair schools, uh, visited a couple, and then I was just like, let's just go for it. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Uh, I just love anything that has to do with art that I can express myself in, in any kind of way with it. Like, uh, I have a master's degree in fashion design and a bachelor's in photography. And I was like, well, what's better to combine with that than hair? Right. You can put all three together, right? Sure can. Yeah. I think for, you know, we've talked about this before, but I think for a lot of people, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of folks who always wanted to be hairdressers, right? Since they were five years old, they were playing with hair, playing with Barbies, playing with their sisters or brothers, whatever, and you just loved hair. Um, and I think there's lots of folks, and I'll put myself in that group, 
where hairdressing was never really something we thought about yet for some reason our paths took us here and when we got here we were like this is wicked cool um i'm really glad i did this um how many of you you know for a clap of hands how many of you were in that category that thought well you know i'm not really quite sure that hairdressing was what i wanted to do my whole entire life but i want to do it now so clap your hands for me yeah so a lot of people Right. I think almost more than who woke up one day and said, this is what I always wanted to do. You didn't give the other people a chance. Yeah, I who did? in here yeah, woke up and wanted to be a yeah. hairdresser? Yeah, <laughs> who in here woke up and wanted to be a hairdresser when they were super young? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those people. <laughs> uh, so let's get started with our questions. You guys, what do you got for us? Uh, Georgie, you going to start first? Yeah. Okay, um, I'm kind of just going to dive right into this. Do it. Yeah. So this question is kind of like, I guess there's a lot of ways to take it, but what do you see happen with people that are first coming into the industry, like that first couple months where they're finishing school, Mm -hmm. getting licensed, and getting a job and everything? What is like steps that maybe should be made or Mm -hmm. are made that should and shouldn't happen? Mm -hmm. Um, That's a great question, first of all. And... I want to take it a little bit of a different direction that are made or should and shouldn't. Mm -hmm. I like to think of it as like when you walk out of school, how many of you remember graduating from eighth grade and then going into ninth grade and feel like you were the king of the school in eighth grade, but in ninth grade you felt like, oh my God, I got to start back over. Say yes if you've been in that situation, right? So that's kind of like coming out of hair school is, you know, today I'm a wicked super senior Tomorrow I she walk in. Wicked in a sentence. I love wicked. <gasps> I love wicked. You've grown so much. Um, <laughs> tomorrow I walk in the salon and I get to stand next to Katie Cobb, and you know watch her do client on top of client. You know watch her lead the company in sales. Watch her do this, and all of a sudden I go from feeling like I was I knew lots to oh my god I I have so much to learn. So I kind of think of it like in your first year. If you can just find, do a really good job experimenting where you want to be and what type of group of people you want to be with. And then when you get there, create a, create a daily practice where you start to get better and master your craft on a daily basis. Um, but then you kind of have to close your eyes for a year. The first year can be highly emotional, I, at least for me it was, because... I remember feeling like I was a natural, and then I was working with these hairdressers that were amazing. You know, some were Sassoon creative directors, others were world competition winners and things like that. And suddenly I was like, I felt like I knew nothing. And it was humiliating in a way, embarrassing. And I would, you know, oftentimes feel like maybe I should try another career or do this and that. Um, Luckily, it, it didn't feel like a choice in my family what I was going to do. I was going to be a hairdresser. That's right. what the Solomays did. But um, for a lot of people, they'll get their feet wet. They'll start to get in. They'll feel that overwhelm. Yeah. And then they'll quit. Um, and I, I think you have to close your eyes for a year, practice every day, go through the growing pains of relearning something you thought you already learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and just just really stick with it. Be a sponge. Be really open, and stay out of the back room. Like like the back room is just not a place to learn and hang out. Right. Not that bad stuff always happens back there, but 
not much happens back there besides eating and YouTube. Mm-hmm. And usually it's not, you know, uh, hair videos. Right. right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to kind of follow in line with Chris. In the beginning, it's all about mastering your craft. And mm-hmm. I think, and so part of the reasons why hanging out in a back room is not a great idea is because there's no mastering the craft going on back right. there, right? It's just hanging out. It's watching reruns of One Tree Hill and eating Cheetos, <laughs> you know, right. nothing good. You can do that at home. Um, and I think that one of the things we don't, we don't necessarily grasp is that whole learning curve is exponential. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, it's not one plus one plus one plus one plus one. It's one plus one make two, two and two make four, four mm-hmm. and four make eight, eight and eight make 16. And as Chris said, one day you, you know, that one year goes by and all of a sudden your growth is just blown open. Yeah. But that's because you laid that foundation up front mm-hmm. and it may seem like little stuff, but trust me, that little stuff blows up into something big if you take the time to really work on your craft. And not just your craft from a hairdressing standpoint, but also remember, this is a social job, right? right? We get to hang out and talk to people, interact with them, get to know them. And that's exponential too. Two guests become four, four guests become eight, eight guests become 16. Um, and then the next thing you know, you're crazy busy. Yep. But that never happens unless you're out on the floor, working it, talking to people, learning from others. Um, yeah. Nice. Focus on that. I, I used to have a mentor who would always say, like, the biggest energy wins. Mm. And inside of a salon, and it doesn't, you don't need to be not yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you can go in whatever you, with whatever your biggest energy is. Right. So that could, you could be laid back and timid and cool but bring your biggest. Right. Um, and if you can bring that energy into every interaction mm-hmm. in the salon, yeah. that, that'll get you really far. Yeah. Uh, to add to that, I think what happens is when you go into the salon for the first time, you get to reinvent yourself, for lack of a better way to put it. Right. Um, I know this sounds really hard to believe, but in high school, I was shy. <laughs> I don't true. believe it. It's true. Yeah. I thought you stopped telling lies. Yeah, I know. I, yep. I was a shy person. All right. Um, <laughs> but the great thing about going to hairdressing school is it broke you out of that shell real fast. Yeah. Right. And then the second thing is when you go to work in a salon, they don't know you. Mm-hmm. They don't know that you're shy. They don't know that you're awkward. They don't know you have a hard time talking to people. They don't know that you're not confident. They don't know any of that. So you get to show up on day one and be whoever you want it to be. Um, and I love that about our industry. Right. right. You get to be somebody that you always wanted. I agree with that. Yeah. What you got next? Stefano, you want to take a turn? Yeah, I'll let him take a turn. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I got you. I'm just keeping my phone open. All right. For, so for the students that are graduating, like going to a salon, starting off their first week, if they mess up someone's hair. Yeah. And their client realizes that they kind of are struggling mm-hmm. with confidence or, or they kind of messed it up. Mm-hmm. How do they uh, gain their trust back and fix the problem? Uh, I'll share two stories with you. One is I, I had a hairdressing teacher. Her name is Mrs. Sermons. And Mrs. Sermons one day gave me a, a short haircut to do on an uh, older client. And I told her, I said, I, I don't know how to do that. I didn't want to do it. And she was like, you can do it. I said, no, I can't. I don't know how to do that haircut. She goes, it's not important. I said, what do you, what do you mean that's not important? She said, it's not important that you think you can or can't. 
the, the thing is, is the client doesn't know that you can't, right? And if you walk up with a little bit of confidence, trust me, it'll be okay. You know, we've taught you what we've taught you. And I went and I did that haircut, and you know what? It came out okay. And the client liked it, but I didn't show up like, I don't know how to do this, I'm nervous. Because your confidence level speaks volumes to the guest. To Definitely. answer your, your second part of that question, I'm never afraid to call up a client at the end of the day and, you know, Georgia, I know you came in for a haircut today. I didn't love it. Can you come back? You know, can we redo that? And you'd be amazed at how many people will be like, you know what? I wasn't loving it either. Thanks for calling. I think being transparent, having showing up with confidence, you're going to mess up. I mean, that's yeah. just that's just life. It's how you handle the mess up that I think is important. And I promise you, your best clients will be the clients you messed up on, <laughs> but then fixed it. Yes. Because that. now the trust is, whoa, even when John messes up, he can still do something nice with this. Right. Okay. Clients love that. Yeah. They really do. Sweet. Do you want to add to that? Yeah, I guess just the 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 few and the many, mm -hmm. the eighty twenty type piece is that The great thing about the hair industry is you get to take control of how fast you grow, how slow you grow, how fast you decide to get skills. Um, one of the biggest, you, you, you use the word confidence. In the beginning, confidence is somewhat of an act. It's like a positioning that you do with yourself. And you could... If you think about this in your mind right now, like you could picture yourself when you're not feeling confident. You've, you know, your, your body just changes. Your shoulders drop. Your eyes start to go to the floor rather right. than staying up. You, you know, you start to, you know, oh like, <laughs> right? Like you can, there's, there's physiological things that happen. Um, so like John said, like showing up with that confidence will will set the person at ease. When you see a person is set at ease, you calm down, mm -hmm. and then you can kind of do your best work. Um, now that we've had a mishap or it didn't come out the way we wanted mm -hmm. it to or whatever, I mean, I just can't agree with you more. The faster I just be honest with somebody. Um, we spend a lot of time in this industry feeling like we need to cover up what's happening but like if I had a bleed spot on the back of somebody's head or on the side of their head, I would literally, you know, without a doubt, as I'm rinsing the hair go, I got a little spot right here I'm going to change while we're at the shampoo bowl. I would go mix up something. I would dab it on there and we would – and I would just do that. That way like there's no – I don't have to – now start to anticipate we're going to get back to the mirror is she going to run her fingers through the hair is she going to see the right. spot and just having the confidence and willingness to do a different action like make a phone call or to do a different action like at the bowl i'm going to let her know right away hey the color looks great except i had a little bleeder which means a little bit leaked out and i'm going to cover that up mm -hmm. and it's going to take me five minutes to do um that's that's why being successful as a hairdresser is so hard and so easy at the same time. Yeah, it's easy because most people won't do the, the they'll, they'll let the fear hold them back to do the right thing. 
Sweet. Thanks. What you got, Georgia? Your turn. Okay. Um, this one's kind of like a wide range, but what emphasis can you put on furthering education for like someone like me? Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to be somewhere that was going to offer me more classes and teach me more because right. being out in the in the actual real hair world and being in school is two totally different ball games. So, like, what emphasis can you put on that for people that are leaving school? that maybe haven't even thought about that or haven't been given the opportunity to see what furthering education is out there. When you say put emphasis on, do you mean explain how important it is? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's wicked important. And I don't, I, I can spend I can spend the next 20 minutes saying that in d- different ways, Right. but it just is. Mm-hmm. Whether you get that education in the salon you're working at because it's available to you and it's maybe a larger organization and maybe they get an artistic director maybe they have a training program awesome maybe you're working in a smaller location and they don't have the resources for that but there are plenty of classes around there's you know now there's the internet there's so much you know subscription-based video learning you can do and there are classes you can go to and you can talk to your local distributor and find out what they got going on I mean there's so many things available for you you just have to turn your phone on and look for it. Right. Uh, and if it's at the salon you're at, because you're working at a place that has those resources, now you got both. Mm-hmm. But if we go back to your to your first question, it's about working on your craft that first year. Mm-hmm. Anything you can do to help that is is a bonus in my mind. Right. Yeah. And just show up. Like, mm-hmm. there, you know, to John's point, whether it, that's showing up to my phone, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's showing up to my mannequin, um, or showing up to a scheduled class. I, I think one of the things that always baffles me is how much education there is and really how few people decide to take that train. Right. Um, so mo- most what happens with most hairdressers is they, they go through the first year. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. They, they catch some kind of momentum whether that momentum is, hey, I got really good at cutting this year, and so I'm just gonna brand myself as a cutter, or whether that's, um, I got pretty good with hair color this year, or I just skated by enough that I'm comfortable, I don't wanna go through a learning curve again because it made me nauseous, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna sit here and chill. You know, right. in our company, when John comes around and you know, tries to poke us for promotions, I'm just gonna duck and mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, bob and weave and make sure he's, you know, I can stay under the radar. You can totally do that. Um, or you can just make the decision to over-educate yourself and mm-hmm. just to show up to everything. And showing up's the hardest part. I, I, there's a, one of my favorite, uh, I, I won't give a call out for what I'm about to say, but there's a, somebody who I know and like very much in this company and she'll say like, I didn't want to go, but you came by and sort of suggested that I go, and it was a really good class. I'm glad yeah. you did. So right. you have to be the poker of mm-hmm. your set. You know, you've got to okay. get yourself up to go to those things. Yeah. Gotcha. <clears throat> Buzz, there's a lot of educators in Atlanta now. Like, mm-hmm. um, I was looking at Pope Riot's uh, Instagram and came across there was two uh, Pulp Riot Squad educators, and they were having a class last Monday. Mm-hmm. I just signed up for it and went to the Pulp Riot class. Awesome. awesome. How was it? Oh, it was extremely fun. The colors they chose, yeah. the techniques, like, right. you know, I asked a thousand questions. I think they got annoyed by me, definitely. It's all right. How much was the class? Uh, like 150 Okay. And do you feel like you got $150 worth yes. of education? Great. Yes. Yeah. So perfect, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, as Chris said, you got to be your own poker. Yeah. 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 All right. What do we got next? How do you help a client have realistic expectations with a sort and use of social media and Pinterest as a reference tool showing total transformation in one session? Uh, Chris and I are right now are big friends of Instagram as your personal um, lookbook, right? The opportunity for you to have your own Instagram and show transformations. Here's what they looked like in their first session they were here. Here's what they looked like their second session. Here's what they looked like their third session. God forbid there's a fourth, <laughs> right? But nothing illustrates a journey better than photographs, right? Definitely. And the great thing about Instagram now is you can create those little highlight folders, right? Yeah. And so you can create your own little folders. You can create one for redheads, one for blondes, one for transformation, short haircuts, whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is the great thing about creating that on Instagram is it's your work. You get to show people what you can do and you can show people what expectations can be. I think the biggest challenge with expectations is not that they're unrealistic, although I'm not going to say that there aren't some in the world, yeah. right? What I am saying is, is we don't do a very good job of communicating. Mm -hmm. We're afraid to have the conversation, so we kind of don't. We're afraid to talk about the money, so we kind of don't. We were afraid to talk about the time. We just assume somebody will sit in our chair for six hours <laughs> and won't say anything, you know, because the short version is we're afraid. Mm -hmm. I would much rather you said, John, this ain't going to happen today. It's going to cost you about 300 bucks. You're going to be here for three hours. This is what showing you a picture of what we'll get to today. Next time you come in, it's going to take about three hours. It's going to cost about this much. And this is where we'll get you that day. Oh, okay. I get it. And I either get to make a decision that says, I'm in. Great. We're all on the same page. Or that client gets to say, for an unreasonable expectation, I don't want that. I don't want to be here twice. I don't want to spend that much money. Well, that's okay, too. You know, it really is. Because the, op, the, the other side of that equation is you don't have that communication, you're not clear on expectations, and it turns into a disaster for everybody. Definitely, yeah. yeah. But what if that person's stubborn and was like, well, this person. I don't have a challenge. This, this is just me. Mm -hmm. I don't have a challenge saying, I don't think I can do this. Mm -hmm. Because here is the flip side of that. The flips, remember, I think of things, I think of growth as being exponential. Two turns into four, yeah. four turns into eight, eight turns into 16, right? Mm -hmm. If I tick off this one client, she's going to walk out the door and tell six other people what a knucklehead yeah. I am. Six turns into 12. <laughs> right. Six 12 turns into 12, 12 turns into 24. The next thing you know is, oh, you're John? You're that knucklehead that works on. <laughs> yeah, it's me, right? I'd much rather be, hey, my girlfriend came to you and she said you called her up because you didn't think her haircut was great and made her come back in. I want that right. reputation. That's Definitely. how I see it. I'm I like, my name is walking around on your head. Right. Like, if I don't think it's doable yep. or whatever, then I'm not going to take that on, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, I think there's a difference between saying, look, I don't think this is possible. I don't want to disappoint you. And I think we shouldn't go down the road. Mm -hmm. And it's two o'clock and you're feeling kind of lazy and I don't want to do a full foil. Right. Okay. That's, totally. that's another issue. Yeah. Right. And we can yeah. talk about that at another time. Um, but being really clear on what expectations are, because my end goal is to make you happy. So you go out into the world and tell everybody how amazing I am. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm going to be real clear on expectations. I'm going to be really clear on what this costs. I'm going to be really clear on what the time is and we're both going to be in. You'll be super surprised what happens mm -hmm. when you can 
go through those steps inside of a conversation at how positive the response will be from right. the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to hear this. If you'll do that, you'll hear a million times, No, why has nobody ever told me that? Mm-hmm. And in a way, we've been duping clients for years because we're just simply too afraid to tell the truth. It all goes back to telling the truth in yeah. those moments. It's like, wow, I, lo- I love this look too. John, mm-hmm. I think this is going to look awesome on you. Yep. Here's the deal. It's, you know, 12 levels lighter than you are now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're pulling out some hair color that was previously there. And I don't know if anybody's ever told you this. They probably haven't. Mm-hmm. But when hair color lifts other hair color or but it goes through different stages than natural hair color let's have that discussion it's a mm-hmm. good intelligent discussion mm-hmm. they feel enlightened and um, educated right they feel really comfortable that you told them the truth every now and then like john said you get somebody who's going to push and look say we the hard part is is we're kind of in the business of saying yes mm-hmm. but there are times when no is the answer you know, and so be super confident around that. I know in our company, like we support that big time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and most, most <laughs> logical hairdresser, salon owner, right. They, right. we know what's possible and what's not. The other, th- I want to say one more thing on this. Um, recently, we interviewed Megan Scapani. Mm-hmm. Um, at, she's at Schmegs and Bacon on um, Instagram, two ends at the end. Um, she's the visual director for behind the chair Instagram. Um, so she does, she mainly specializes in all vivid colors almost Mm -hmm. as a, that's kind of just where she hangs out and lives. And it was really relieving for me to have the discussion with her around this topic because her, if we go to her page, it could look very easy that this happened really easy. And if you'd go back and listen to that discussion, Mm -hmm. she talks about being super stressed out when she does a bleach out. She talked about how sometimes you just, you really have to be upfront with the guest about what's possible today, what's not possible. Sometimes um, you start, let's say a vivid, in her case, a vivid hair color, and you're just not in the middle of the process, you realize I'm not going to get there. And it's like, Having that conversation or not having that conversation is going to be the difference between a happy client and a not happy client or one who goes like, okay, I can live with, you know, being red today, knowing that our, our real end goal is to get all of this warmth out. But mm-hmm. like, this is, it's either your hair is going to be on the floor or, or beautiful and healthy. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. So if you have that before hair color, that conversation before hair color ever hits the head, mm-hmm. it's way better off than when hair color is already processing. Right. Mm, yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about social media. Do it. Um, okay. So this kind of, the question I'm like a little iffy about, but mm-hmm. um, originally I want to know like what effect do you think it has on getting a job nowadays? Like what's, what does social media affect the job that you're wanting or you think that you might be getting from what you see everyone else doing? Uh, there's a lot to that. And so I'm going to touch on some highlights because you could probably have a whole podcast just on, right. on that piece. <laughs> I think that how does social media reflect your ability to get a job? I, I think my thought as I'll put my hands in my thoughts and the idea of a salon owner, mm-hmm. right? 
I'm looking at your Instagram and I'm looking at your Facebook because I want to learn if you're a knucklehead or not is the short version. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at your Instagram page. I'm looking at your Facebook page and I'm saying, is this somebody that's going to fit in? Mm-hmm. Do I look at your hair pictures? I do. But to be honest, I know you just got out of school. Right. You know, I know your talent isn't going to be where, you know, somebody else in my company who's been here 10, 15, 20 years has been. Mm-hmm. So I'm not so concerned about that. I'm more concerned with this is personal knucklehead right. because I'm going to have to work with you five days a week and I want to make sure you fit our culture and I, I want to make sure you fit our company. So my advice always is going to be remember social media is something everybody gets to see. Mm-hmm. And if you're presenting yourself as a goofball, nobody's going to take you seriously as a potential hire, Right. I think the other piece to the social media thing is, as we've learned over the last couple of, of months, we've always put this high you know, value on as many likes and as many followers as you could possibly have. Right. And you know, so one thought is, hey, my, the potential, my potential boss sees that I got 5,000 followers. And maybe five years ago, that was important. Right. It's not anymore. Because the thing is, you can have 4,999 people that follow you on Instagram. Only one is actually going to come and see you as a guest. So I'm going to want to see, are you capable of turning those followers into mm-hmm. actual guests that are going to help build you up? Right. And I'm more concerned about that than how pretty your pictures are or how good the hair is as a salon owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. What you got? Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Wanted to jump on here real quick and share an opportunity that we've got coming up on February the 23rd through the 26th, uh, obviously in 2020. For salon owners and managers, we've got a four-day intensive salon owner-manager workshop uh, coming up in Atlanta, Georgia. Kuhn Hair Cosmetics has been nice enough to offer us their space at the Kuhn Academy, which is really easy access to the airport. So we're going to spend four days together. Uh, What you could expect is an environment of camaraderie, encouragement, accountability, where we'll really deep dive and provide solutions and resources for the top challenges of salon owners today. So things like recruitment and training and how to read a P&L or how to balance a P&L or the right questions to ask your accountant, um, how to manage your inventory, all of the questions that salon owners are having on a regular basis uh, we're going to be deep diving in. So if you're interested in that, you can email us at info at 124go.com to either um, join that and uh, and come to it, or if you have any questions about it, we'd love to answer them for you. So again, it's email us at info at 124go.com. Now back to our killer conversation with the students. Why does uh, why does hair or the hair industry keep continuing to interest both of you? Well, that's easy. Yeah, I'll do it easy for me. I love the people. I mean, I love hairdressers. Um, 
you know, it's I just love them. I I, I can give you fifteen thousand other adjectives. I love the people. I love the art. I love being in it. I like hanging out with them. I like talking with them. I like having a beer with them. I like going to the park and playing frisbee. I just love hairdressers. They're <laughs> and I'm gonna I say there we are an amazing group of people that I don't under that I don't think the rest of the universe gets to know. And I'm lucky to be in it, and I'm grateful for it every day. I, I love it. Yeah. Um, what I want to do is, because I agree with everything that John just said, what I want to point to is that what the opposite end of that question would be, why do people leave the industry mm-hmm. after being in it and maybe even having some success? Usually what happens is um, burnout. And usually because being behind the chair can become very repetitive. Um, But just like the rest of life, like your experience of life is all about your perception, right? So how I view this room could be totally different than how somebody else views this room. You know, a super wicked super senior who's just about to graduate, who has four hours left is like, get me out of this place. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, I come here and it's like this utopia of (laughs) hope and what could be possible. Mm. And all those two different things are, is a different mind space and a different perception. Right. Um, what I, one of the things that I love, including everything that John just said is, is that you can do endless that, inside of this industry it's an industry so currently you're in school to learn the the art uh, the skill of hairdressing Mm -hmm. and you know you're going through those technical abilities but in your heart you might be and you'll hear brian talk about this sometime in your heart you're a leader and your calling is more to own a salon and owning a salon is a different is is a different job than being a hairdresser. Sometimes hairdresser stands behind the chair and owns the salon, but they're two completely different jobs. One deals Mm -hmm. with accountants and taxes and, you know, FICA and all, you know, all that stuff. The other gets to do hair and their job is strictly to be with their client. If you want to be a school teacher or own a school, if you want to be a platform artist or be a designer, I think where one of the weekends that really broke my mind open and this is bizarre to say because at the time i was working as a global educator for a a super large company and so i guess i had sort of thought i had seen it all and we uh did some work for the jc pennies group Mm -hmm. so jc pennies is everybody's heard of a jc pennies before right they have salons inside of all their stores and so they have like close to 13,000 hairdressers that work inside of JCPenney's companies. I never knew that. I don't, Mm -mm. I knew that they were there. I knew that, you know, I always on the peripheral knew, but when you went to their corporate headquarters, we got to, we were working with their creative team. Mm -hmm. So this was a group of seven hairdressers and their entire job was a corporate job where they got paid all day long to create the looks for JCPenney's collections. And so they were in the studio all day long, they were creating looks, and it like hit me like, I don't think that I ever realized this existed. And I guess I would say like, what is great about this industry is there are so many avenues, and what we're trying to impress upon everybody is, you can do hair and become a rock star at it, but if your legs start to get, like my legs, 
I, I didn't want to stay. I did 30,000 appointments at my chair, literally, and I didn't want to stand there anymore. And I felt like, wow, I've spent most of my life in this four-foot space. Now what do I do? And m I think most people don't know all of the options and avenues that they can do and they can transition. So what I love about it is the availability of different things. If you find that you're not in love with hair, try an administrative job, work for a brand, become an educator. There's, there's just a million different things you can do. How do they find out about all these other avenues in hair though? Yeah, you reach out, you make connections. Mm -hmm. Brands are a great way to start. Your distributor, salon, you know, your, your distributor, a salon centric. We work with, uh, you know, salon service group. We work with different mm -hmm. uh, distributors around the country, Life O'Reilly, EIS. So um, there's there's plenty of resources mm -hmm. that you can find. A lot of times it's like a sales rep. Mm -hmm. will be the one who will poke you that direction or a person that works for a brand. Talk to another educator. And by mm -hmm. the way, just message these people on Instagram or um, if you're actually on it, like if let's say you're in your car, you're listening right now and you're a 10-year, I've been doing hair 10 years, I'm trying to figure out what the next phase is, go on LinkedIn and message, you know, connect with a bunch of beauty professionals and send them messages. Hey, I'm so-and-so. I've been doing hair for 10 years. I'm wondering what are other options. And people are always happy to make connections. So you've got to do a little bit of legwork, but yeah. it's open. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Thanks for the question. Awesome questions. Mm -hmm. Awesome questions, guys. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Are these questions awesome? Give it up. <laughs> you guys killed it. Okay, my next question is kind of like, what opportunities do you see people new into the industry and people mm -hmm. that have been into it for years pass up on that maybe, or not pass up on, but like opportunities that are good for everyone to take, no matter if you've been doing hair for a year or you've been doing it for 20 years, mm -hmm. whether it be education, business mm -hmm. classes, you know, whatever it may be. Is there anything that comes to mind? I don't, I don't think it's about missing something or passing up something. I think it's one of those things where you know, it kind of follows up on Stefano's question, which is there's going to be things that come down your road that you didn't know were an option. Right. And you just got to have your eyes and ears open. Mm -hmm. and an example would be when I first started my salon, I think I was four years into it and I got kind of stuck, meaning right. my salon wasn't growing anymore. And I was like, what the heck? You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really good at it. I spent two years, three years really developing my craft. Now I figured I should be have the biggest salon in town mm -hmm. and I did not I ended up hiring a consulting company because I had done some reading right and hired that consulting company to come in and help me grow my business it did hey wait a minute I can do that too mm -hmm. so I went to go work with a consulting company part-time right right uh, and then you know my journeys continued after that I think it's um, one of those situations where just keeping your eyes open mm -hmm understand that there are things that are going to come your way and then just go after them right i think what happens is is we go to work we do hair we go home mm -hmm. and then we never go beyond that right you know? and as chris said maybe because your legs are getting tired mm -hmm. maybe for whatever reason for me personally i could never just do hair mm -hmm. now let me add this i love cutting hair it's right. like one of my favorite things to do mm -hmm. it's just fun 
But like all things, it can't be the only fun I have. It's like I love hot dogs, but if I only ate hot dogs, I'd get sick, right? right. Um, I, feel I survived on hot dogs for a year one Did time. You? Yeah. yeah, I was on an ice cream diet once for like six months. All I had was ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Right. Um, the point is, is I get to do hair, and then I got to do this. And then when I got bored doing that, I did something else. Right. And, I, and as Chris said, that's the opportunity in this industry. There's so many different avenues you can get down. I don't think it's about ignoring or passing things up. Mm -hmm. I think it's about not having your eyes and ears open right. and being closed off to the world around you that gets you in trouble. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I want to add to that that... I heard this one time and I believed it. Mm -hmm. So whether it's true or not, I never know. But, <laughs> you know, we believe what we believe. Um, that there's basically six kind of common needs that all human beings have. The need to be comfortable, the need for variety, the need to feel a little bit significant, the need for connection with others, um, the need to grow, mm -hmm. and the need to contribute. I think that that burnout that... that you know, I was kind of sharing about that John was just kind of referencing was about feeling like my growth had leveled off. So when you talk about passing up an opportunity, to me, an opportunity is when you start to feel a feeling inside of you that says there's something missing or I'm not able to give as much or this has become too easy. Hair got to be very, very, very easy. Right. for me M making money behind the chair got mm -hmm. to be super easy right and almost at that point boring mm -hmm. um because it was it felt repetitive there was no growth and i didn't really necessarily feel like i was contributing to the level that my soul wanted to contribute i think everybody has levels of that inside and you've got to you have to really get it learn to listen mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to if it's time to make a change, make a change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think if you can get in touch with when you're feeling stagnant, what type of growth am I missing? And then you might have to re-engage in something that you got, like mm -hmm. weren't, mm -hmm. maybe you used to do a lot of, you got burned out of it, and then you might have to dive back into that, or you might have to take a class, or mm -hmm. you might have to, I mean, I, I love your story, Stefano, because you... You've got a master's degree, you got a bachelor's degree, you were doing this thing, and it's like you just you were able to listen to yourself well enough to know you needed a creative outlet. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then and then act on it. And that's the thing that most people won't do. One more one more piece, one yeah. more piece. Um, and then the contribution piece. So when you're behind the chair, you can grow a clientele of around 200 people that evolve through the door so you're constantly getting new hopefully mm -hmm. and constantly some are going away but if you've been doing it for 25 or 30 years and you have a real high need to contribute some people have a hot some people you know comfort is their biggest need i mm -hmm. just need to be comfortable i just need it to be easy i want to show up and do my thing and go home other people just have this calling that they want to give more and in that space, you know, you can, you can be a little tied down. And so another great question to ask is, like, to what level do I want to contribute? You know, and if 
if you find that the spot that you're in doesn't allow you to contribute to the level to the degree that you want to contribute it's why john and i started this thing really we Mm -hmm. just we're we're like how do we get this out how do we get this out Mm -hmm. and it's like well if we make it digital and talk about it a lot maybe people will listen and they definitely are right. right So you have to you have to find those things, and maybe it's not about leaving where you're at. Maybe it's mm-hmm. an add-in, mm-hmm. um, but there's just all kinds of opportunities. You just you just have to be in touch with the fact that it's probably your need to grow. Right. You're probably stagnant, and it's probably your need to contribute that are calling you to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, I always remember something a friend told me. He he always to say, if you're bored, it's because you're boring. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're bored, go find something to do. Right. right. Yeah. Because the, the short answer is you grow the one being boring. Yep. Yeah. Right. So go start a podcast, you know, <laughs> go to hairdressing school, you know, do something. Right. But if you're bored, it's because you're boring. Right. Yeah. So for, for a lot of students like graduate, graduating at a hair school, like you feel like I feel like I've noticed a lot of people are tending to settle for salons without realizing their potential or the route that they want to take with hair, you mm. know, like uh, they might just go to like a local salon and not realize that they have bigger things for themselves. They, it could be like a influencer, mm. great hairstylist, but they might be limited because of the place that they picked at the beginning, mm-hmm. not knowing that there was, I don't want to say better salons or, be, you know, better jobs out there for them, but instead of just going to like, yeah, right. I, I, you know, the thing is, is I think that gets deeply personal and emotional for people. What I mean by that is you may be able to look at somebody and say, you're so much better than that, right? As an outsider standing in. Yeah. Um, yet I think for somebody, there's maybe fear, maybe there's insecurity, maybe right. there's a feeling I'm not that good. You know, so when you ask that question, you know, why do people settle? Why do people settle for lots of things, right? Right. It comes from a sense of insecurity. It comes from a sense of not good enough. You know, it's important to have support. It's important to have people around you that say, you know what, Chris, you are that good. You know, (laughs) you are awesome. And I think I got to find some people who would tell me that (laughs) every now and then. Just don't tell Chris he's doing a good job because he thinks you mean something by it. But in the end, some of us have that, some of us don't. Some of us have that internal clock that always want more, and some of us don't. You know, I think if I'm going to give any advice on that topic is don't be afraid. Now, it's easier said than done. Yeah, I can sit here and tell you don't be so afraid. Easy. You're like, it's easy for you, John. Right. Um, but it's not really. You know, I think we all, I read that the description of the definition of courage is not being not being not afraid it's about being afraid and doing it anyways yeah right and i think for a lot of us we just we get scared or we don't feel our own worth or we don't feel our own value be have a little bit of patience don't go for the first thing that comes your way not because maybe that first thing isn't great yeah i mean george you said the first time you walked in the building this is the place i'm good yeah right right (laughs) but i don't think that came from a place of fear i think that came from a place of ooh, i like what I'm feeling yeah, here, 100%. and I feel like I belong. I think that's the feeling you want to continue with. Walk into a place and go, you know what? This is these are my people. I'm like mm-hmm. I'm terrified. Of course I you still are. Still am. Yeah, we all are. Listen, you know, if you're not afraid, you're not. If you're not afraid, it's because you're boring, right? I'm, I'm definitely am boring, right? <laughs> I can tell that about. Um, you. Yeah. I just want to take a crack at this because 
that I've been listening to, you know, I'm, I'm just an insatiable learner. I just can't not have something playing or be listening to something or reading something. Right. And lately my, my newest, um, motivation crush is a guy named Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, who recently, are you going to steal my favorite quote? No, 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 oh. no. I wouldn't do that to you. I would <laughs> never do that. You posted it on Instagram yesterday. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Crystal posted that. I can't be blamed for this. You called her. (laughs) Um, But actually, who who brought it back to my attention was Mm -hmm. Sarah. um, Sarah that we just had on the podcast the other day. We were at the Erosia event. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's a coach that started a group called Intelligence, and she used to be the COO of the Deepak Chopra Center out in Mm -hmm. uh, San Diego. Um, And she said when making change or on making change, it starts by thinking about what you think about. And then once you can actually get a good look at what you think about, you can, you can then start to decide whether you want to keep doing what you're doing. So it's, you know, in shop talk, I always talk about it's your beliefs that drive your behaviors and your behaviors drive your outcome. Mm -hmm. So in essence, whatever I believe, will drive my will make me feel a certain way it'll drive my behaviors and if i behave a certain way over a long enough period of time that's what i become it gives me outcomes um everybody has a set of ideas or beliefs around where they fit where they should be where they see themselves or even inside of beliefs i there's there's the beliefs that i know that i believe and then there's the stuff that I just don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I might not know that this other thing exists that because, you know, you've been in the fashion world, you've seen, oh, wow, oh, you can do this, oh, you can do that. For a lot of people in the school, like, the only thing that I've ever seen is my aunt's a hairdresser, and I'm going to go work with my aunt. In, in my life, it was my brother. Mm-hmm. My brother at a salon, he just happened to also be an insatiable learner, so that was great. But had he not, I would have gone and worked in his salon anyway because he was my brother. So I think it's a good thing for students to do, um, if I'm advice-giving, and I am, (laughs) to write down all of the things that you think are achievable and then all the things you... Let maybe start start there and then find somebody who is doing other things, one of your teachers, and go, okay, this is what I see as my career tra- tra- trajectory in the, the salon industry. What else do I not know exists? I like that. That's, you know? that's a great idea. Yeah. And then that person can go, oh, well, you know, you can this and you can this. And then, and then you can start to find out, oh, wow, that's something I'd like to know more about. Because a lot of stuff you just haven't been exposed to yet. Mm-hmm. And just by default, I'm going to go work in John's salon because I met John when I was in high school, and he's got a salon down the street. And, mm-hmm. you right. know, we're going to take on the world. Yeah. Nice. Okay, to kind of bounce off that a little bit because I didn't think our question would be that similar. Mm-hmm. Um, aside of, like, finding a family for you right. when you're looking for a salon, mm-hmm little bit more business ended Mm -hmm. what advice can you take what are things that like new hairstylists out of school should be looking for whether it be you know like not just people that you get along with in Mm -hmm. the area and all that inside the salon what's business stuff that we might not be aware of that we should keep in mind 
you know, I, if you're going to spend your first year or two, mm -hmm. right, working on perfecting your craft, right. what I want to know is can you support that? What type of internal training programs do you have? Mm -hmm. You know, what type of education do you have? What opportunities do I have to expand my knowledge from a technical standpoint that I don't have now? Right. Because if that's what you're going to spend your first year or two on, then I want to work someplace that's going to support that mm -hmm. and give me that and encourage that, right? And not only technical, but there's also what I call the non-technical skills, which are how you interact with people, right? Definitely. Because that's an... I can't overstate that that's a really important part of right. what we do. You know, there are times in my life when I first was a hairdresser that I wasn't that good, but I was friendly mm -hmm. and I was engaging and I was maybe a little bit interesting. <laughs> as silly as that sounds, that's a reason to come back and give you a second chance for right. a lot of people. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the best haircut I ever had, but you know, he was nice. I, I enjoyed my time there. I'll go back and give him another shot. Right. You know, so, you know, both of those are important. I think also you've got to kind of look at things, and I'm, this is going to be my last point on this, is look at things with a critical eye in regards to whether or not you think this company is profitable. Yeah. Um, and I know we've covered that in the sophomore class that we talked to you mm -hmm. guys about. Yeah. Because if, if a company doesn't have the resources, right, and meaning they don't have enough profits set aside mm -hmm. to grow this company, how in the world am I going to grow within a company that isn't growing itself? Mm -hmm. And so I want to know, you know, have your sales grown? You know, uh, do you still have the same four people that have been working here for 20 years? Mm -hmm. um, which is a good sign, right? Right. Um, I want to know. Not if there's not a fifth, though. <laughs> <laughs> We've only had four. We've had seven fives. Yeah. You're number eight. Yeah. You know, yeah. that doesn't make me feel too good. No. Right. Um, but I want to see if a company's growing. I want to see if they have resources to help my technical and, you know, my personal development. And that takes a critical eye looking around the room, looking at the people, how old is the furniture, you know, <laughs> does the ceiling have all those stains in it from the water dripping through? Right. I mean, it's dumb stuff, mm -hmm. but that tells me that you've got money set aside for growth and development, and I want to be part of that growth and development. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. Of, yeah. But what if the salon looks pretty and everything, yep. but they're still not wanting to grow or develop better? How do you know? Do you How do you know if they if they're doing it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it could be like a book. You just can't judge a book by its cover. I mean, sure. sometimes it's well. Of I want to be real clear on that. There are lots of companies that are beautiful, right? They got the best furniture, the best location, the best everything, and they couldn't make money if their life depended on yeah. it. Right. So how do you go about asking? Uh, I want to know how long they've been in business. Right. They've been in mm -hmm. business six months then that's not necessarily a bad thing, but okay. understand what you're getting yourself into, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm, I, and maybe that's for you. I want to work for a company that's only been open six months because I want to be there at the beginning. Yeah. Maybe you're a person who says, no, I want to work for somebody like our company's been around for 29 years, right? I want to work for that because there's a long-term uh, growth and I see that. You know, it, everybody's different. You mm -hmm. know, what is it that you're looking for from your career? What is it that you think is important for you right now? If you've got a beautiful space, beautiful, and you're on a great corner and there's lots of traffic mm -hmm. and you're the eighth number five employee, yeah. <laughs> there's where your challenge lies, right? It's not, right. A, it's not how beautiful the space is. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and that's what I mean about having a discerning eye. Not just looking at the cover, right? But digging a little deeper and seeing what's going on behind in the pages of the book, right? Nice. That was a good answer. 
I've been practicing. <laughs> Stefano gave me all your questions last night, so I prepped. That's so rude. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had a question from the audience. Did we? Do you want to add? We to do. That, by the way, um, I just no. I I would say exactly what you said, except I would say it like this: Look for somebody that's way more successful than you mm -hmm. thought was available, mm -hmm. and okay. then make a bullet train right towards them. I think we have a question from the audience. We have an audience come question. Come on up. You're the next contestant. We're going to have Cody come Here. up. Oh. Come on, Cody. And ask a question. And Cody, Cody, what? Um, you're in this journey. You're like halfway through, right? Where are you at? I'm in the, the last third. Yeah. So I'm in the senior phase. I've been in for, I've been in since April. Uh, so I've been for like eight-ish months, and I got three left. Awesome. And you're the you're the pretty face when you walk into <laughs> Hamilton Mill in the evenings. You're the you're the reason why we've we've. Uh, Is he prettier than me? No. <laughs> Definitely not. It, you're welcome. Yeah, I mean it depends. The beauty's in the eye. Beauty's in the eye. You always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, beauty's in the beard. There we go. Ah, yeah, fair enough. Thank fair you. enough. <laughs> I'm freshly shaven, so I have no beard at all. So now we know where he is compared to me. What's your question? All right. So uh, prior to coming to school here, I uh, had no experience with hair. I've only done men's cuts. So getting into the beauty world where it's color and women's hair, um, I'm very nervous, especially finishing school in the next three months. Um, so my question is, when I'm here, I practice how to be good, right? I'm, I'm in class, I figure out how to get from bad to good, which is really easy to do. But when I get into the salon world, I want to be great. So my question is, how do I go from good to great? Because that's a much larger leap and much more difficult than it is to go from bad to good. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if if we go back to the very first question on this podcast about that first year, or you know, I'll call it five years now. Um, if you can just get, and I've seen you work, by the way, so I I know you know you're super meticulous. And when I say work, I don't actually really mean what's coming out of your hands yet, even though you're moving in a great direction that way. I mean, the amount of concentration you'll put towards staying in front of your mannequin head mm -hmm. and making sure you thoroughly work something through and being decisive about what am I trying to create, not am I just like flinging hair. Right. Um, so I think if you can start to look at different goals that you want to achieve, and I mean technically, um, find heroes. You can find plenty of heroes on the internet and then start to recreate those looks that you're unsure about yet. If you practice something 10 times at home, somebody sits down in your chair, you're gonna nail it on them, right? So I think it's just about dedicating yourself to a practice, always being super, you wanna definitely be honest with yourself, like don't just congratulate yourself if it wasn't up to par, but congratulate yourself for taking, taking the action. Yeah, I think, you know, I, it brings my attention to a book by um, Malcolm Gladwell called Outliers. And what he says in that book is it usually takes about 10,000 hours to get good at something. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, part of your journey is that we expect to be experts right out of the gate. 
and that's not going to be the case, right? And maybe not everybody. Some of us know that you know, yeah. it's going to be a learning curve, but some of us are also at that place where we're just perfectionists. We want it to be great, and we want it to be great today. Right. Um, and I love that drive, yet I also want to temper that with a little bit of it's okay. This is a learning journey. It's going to take a while for you, as Chris said, and I love that word, for you to be an expert. You know, Generally speaking, that's going to take about two years. Some people are just amazing right out of the gate. They've got that natural skill set, and you know, they're just they're just amazing. And the two years that you're talking about mm -hmm. isn't just I graduate and then two years later. I was going to say I need to start it's moving. It's putting quick. in the footwork yeah. for two years. <laughs> it's like you know, it's ten thousand hours of actual work, actual yeah, cutting put, hair. It's, it's putting in the footwork, and right. that could be at home with your mannequin. That can be you know late night hours with models whatever it takes whatever it takes mm -hmm. but it's it's not too i sat in the back room for two years and now i'm an expert right because yeah. right you know watching one tree hill reruns right yeah. totally um can we ask you guys questions yeah here? let's yeah. do it uh -oh. so yeah, yeah no you stay here cody um so i guess i want to know you're you're all getting close to where you're going to be looking for jobs and right. looking for things. So I think it would be real beneficial for our owners that are listening to this to know what it is that a student is looking for. Like, what are you looking for in a salon? Or what, you know, what type of environment makes you happy? What are the, um, I call them amenities. Mm -hmm. What are the amenities that you're looking for in a salon? Um, one of the main things that I personally am looking for, uh, you mentioned this earlier, is we all have that feeling where we want to contribute and grow. And to me, that's what that is. Um, I, I know that I want to be behind the chair. That's a, that's a fact, mm -hmm. but I don't know for how long, you know, and I want to be able to do something else. In addition to this, I, in my experience, I've tutored math specifically for 10 years. I, I coach volleyball, uh, all levels, and I just love teaching and I don't want that to leave me. So after at some point in my, you know, in my industry, uh, my experience here in the industry, I want to kind of move on to teaching or coaching and educating. So what type of environment would you need to see? And I, I know right now you're, you're, you're working inside of our mm -hmm. company, but I, you know, for somebody who isn't out there and they don't have a six salon, you know, like what would you need to see um, inside of a salon knowing that that was your direction like what would you be looking for what would you want that owner to be able to tell you or supply mm. uh that's a great question and i think the answer is programs so what programs does that salon owner um have available for stylists are they able to mentor under someone are they able to uh, go to classes you know paid or unpaid or if they have to pay out of pocket or anything like that but can they have, do they have outlets for growth? Yeah. You know, great answer. Okay. A little similar, like my answer is similar to that. Um, I guess education. I do have a lot of interest in being behind the chair and getting all my technical skills and understanding that. But um, inside our company, how we have little side jobs where you guys film on Sundays, you know, have the podcast or you offer classes um, certain days of the week for the stylist. Stuff like that is what I'm interested in doing. I don't want to be behind the chair every day, even though that is what I know I'll do at first and everything. I want to do fun things on the side, whether it be learn how to do extensions or 
hang out and do a podcast with you guys again whatever it is just to kind of keep it interesting so i guess people that offer more than just a chair for you um i know that's popular for a lot of people but some people do just want to be behind a chair they don't need more than just that chair and that's okay but for me personally i want to be able to do more and to learn more and know that i can level up and grow in the business i'm gonna jump i'm gonna jump on her train uh (laughs) i mean i definitely want a salon that's gonna be very creative Mm -hmm. not just you know like keep it interesting fun and i just find it you know instructors that come into the salon teaching new techniques but not to be too cookie cutter like bring in Mm -hmm. something that's fun creative something new just you know you know spark your interest in, in the hair industry sure or salons that are willing to go to fashion week do fun things like that that's more of a salon that i would want you know Mm -hmm. that's a little bit more provocative Mm -hmm. creative Mm -hmm. awesome awesome yeah i think that's becoming more i i think more and more people are interested in what avenues there are beyond just and not just in hairdressing yeah but whatever i do right i want to do this but i want to do that that's like the great thing about the industry is you're not just doing hair it opens up a million other doors for you it does yeah yeah that's awesome Dude, this has been an amazing discussion. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got, first of all, give it up for these <laughs> Absolutely killed it. And Co- give Cody for coming Thanks, up. Thanks, Cody. Um, I, listen, for not for not even being warmed up, dude, you came in swinging. I love the questions and the answers. About? were he spectacular. standing in the mirror all last night prepping. <laughs> I think he did. That's true. That's true. John sent me a text last night. Be prepared. <laughs> that was John texting you. Um, you know, as we, as we start to wind this up, I mean, I'm taking away so many different things. I'd love to hear what are you walking away with today after this discussion. A great conversation. Yeah. I get to see the thoughts of other students, especially Georgia had really good questions. Uh, you know, it's something that I would have never really thought of. Uh, you guys have a lot of great answers as well. Like, you know, it gives me another confidence level knowing that I chose a good school coming here. Cause mm-hmm. like, I didn't expect this. Chris didn't mention this, mm-hmm. that, you know, these ICs would happen, you know, it just makes me feel more confident once I'm getting closer to graduating when I'm in the real world doing hair. Cause you guys are always here providing answers. And this uh, talk sh- podcast is actually amazing. I'm glad you guys are doing it. So thank you. Oh, thank awesome. you. What did I take away from this? Um, no, I took away a lot of it. I mean, it was, I learned, I, my questions are answered. Of course I Mm -hmm. could go on all day with the questions, but now I understand like with you guys have both owned a salon before, Mm -hmm. um, and people listening, you have a lot of salon owners. I think they'll understand more, I guess, of what we want to know coming out of school and beginning to start in the industry. So I guess just questions answered that I had had in my mind for a while. And you can ask everyone, they'll all have different answers, but you guys really answered them to my expectations thank you so uh-huh. appreciate that awesome. we loved this conversation thank you everybody for participating um you know we know if you're the listener you took a lot out of this you'll probably want to go back and listen a few more times and so we just want to say thank you if you sat in your car or listened mm-hmm. in your house if it's 6 a.m or 9 p.m uh, we really appreciate you listening if you like this podcast podcast <laughs> please share it mm-hmm. and as john said a wicked good review would be awesome. Until yeah. next time, we'll see you all later. Bye, Thanks, everybody. everybody. Bye. Bye. You guys did.